Hello, everybody. My name is Chris Sims, and this is a Sailor Business Chibi-sode. Jordan is not here this week. So as I always do when I am in a pinch, like the song, if you get it, uh, I have turned to one of my good friends. Annie Creighton has joined me. Annie, hi. How are you? I am I am delighted. I'm I'm happy to know that I am someone who can help out in a die pinchy. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Uh this is a chibi sode, everybody. And the chibi sodes are theoretically shorter episodes of the show <laughs> where we go through some of the aspects of Sailor Moon that aren't just a part of the show run itself. And today, uh Annie, I have invited you on to rank all of the villains, not the monsters of the week, but the actual antagonists. So the four Kings of heaven, the specter sisters, the witches, five queen barrel, uh, professor Tomoe, all those guys, Rubius, I guess. Uh, he's probably not going to do too well. Prince diamond. I think is going to be the bottom of the list, but, uh, I am excited about this. I am opening up a text document and I'm pretty sure we're just going to go through these guys from memory, right? Yeah, no, I've I've done mm, no research for this. Yeah, I've just watched 130 episodes of the show. I've just spoken about it at length for about four years. I was going to say it's, 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 it's definitely at least three at this point. Yeah, three and a half, I think. I think we started late, late 2014. So we're going to be coming up on our uh, anniversary soon. Oh, boy. Now, uh, Annie, I guess we'll start off before we get to the rankings. Like, do you have a pick for favorite? Like, do you who do you think is going to make it to the top of the list? I don't know, because like, here's the thing. I am really, really sweet on the uh, on the Amazon trio, but I know that's not, you know, everybody's. Yeah, taste. they're not like, I'll, I'll look, it's my podcast. I'll fight you on that one. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, But I am going to hazard a guess and say that Esmeralda is going to be mm, at least the top three. Yeah, probably so. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Uh, here's, here's my question, though. Should we rank the Amazon trio? Because I have not gotten through the Amazon trio yet in my watching. So they might be disqualified on account of I don't know how they end up. And I don't want to just rank them on the truly terrible actions they have committed uh, over the course of the beginning part of Supers. I guess the, I, I would say we might want to temporarily disqualify them and revisit this later, uh, especially because I, I have to assume at this point, we're not going to be dealing with the, uh, with the quartet after, after the trio uh, flee the scene. Mm-hmm. Since there's, I mean, which is too bad because I hate them a lot, but uh, there's nothing that you can add to the conversation. Because people have told me, hey, I know you hate the Amazon trio, but you're going to really like the Amazon quartet. But I, now I don't know if that's them being sarcastic or trying to fool me. I think the concept of the Amazon quartet, especially as I understand they play out on the manga, which, you know, habitually the manga is more interesting with the bad guys. Um, but like, I like the concept of them, but the execution just feels boring as hell to me. And also at that point, you're going in on like 30 episodes of of supers and mm, mm, that's that's hard to do that's it's a it's a rough it's a rough watch buddy there's a there's a horse boyfriends yeah that's that's your jam though (laughs) monster that's 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 what that's what annie creighton is here to see Look, I definitely specifically reserved an episode of actual Sailor Biz uh, just because it was the worst horse boyfriend thing I had seen and I wanted to be there for it. Okay. Okay. We'll debate whether uh, Pegasus qualifies as a monster at that point. Yes, he does. (laughs) Uh, So I think what we should do right now, this will be part one of the villain rankings and we'll just go Jedite to Mistress Nine and Pharaoh 90, I guess, is what we'll do. Okay. All right, so let's start. Let's start with Jedi, and I think he's going to be the one to beat because I love Jedi. The thing is that he sets the scene so much; like he establishes the through line. He is the shady businessman, and that is like what we do and what we are in Sailor Moon. Yeah, everyone else is going to follow this pattern on some level. I think. or they're going to like because even target one person, and it's going to be really, really uncomfortable. But that's still like that's still gonna involve like weird business stuff. 
like there's so many resources at the Dark Kingdom's command that get channeled through the Four Kings. Like we we've talked about it. What's the business loan process? What's the grant? What's like where does was it a lease of Ferrari when Maxfield Stanton was driving around in it? We don't know. That's the information I need, and it's not it, like if I ever get to ask uh, Naoko Takeuchi a question, I the first thing I will say is thank you. Uh, you're amazing. Thank you for all that you've done. Uh, second, hey, I know this is more of an anime <laughs> thing, but where do they get the money? <laughs> but yeah, I love Jedi. I love that he's. I think somebody made that uh that that fan comic early on when we started. I can't remember who, and I apologize uh, about Jedi. You know, being like, "Hey, kid, what you got there?" <laughs> and then he stays up all night making a Tamagotchi that steals your life force. <laughs> I mean, he has the kind of resources of a Scooby Doo villain. Right? Like, some weird old man that lives in a tiny ghost town, and yet he has, like, cutting-edge tech at his disposal to scare everybody away. Yeah. It's... I love him. I love him. Uh, Always starting businesses. Always bleeding edge of trends. I wish, like, here's the thing about Jedi. You can bring Jedi back whenever, because there's always going to be some weird trend. It's true. Like... Imagine Jedi like three years ago stealing energy of teens that are planking. Like he definitely has some kind of dab conspiracy, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Jedi is the one to beat. Uh, and I don't think, I don't think Nephrite's going to do it. That's that's our second guy here, Nephrite, uh, who rather than stealing a lot of energy, just wants that good, good, just wants that kind, that peak human energy. This is the one that Naru had a thing with, right? Yeah, that's oh. him. That's uh, Masato Senjuin, a.k.a. Maxfield Stanton, a.k.a. Nephrite. Yeah, that's the one. He's he, To be fair, he is the one who brought us Tennis Ball Sailor Moon in his first mm-hmm. appearance. Uh, but yeah, like he doesn't have the scope. I, like From a narrative standpoint, it makes sense to only target one person because then you can actually develop a character. Uh, you do have to like have Naru show up and be like, oh yeah, that's my friend who is so close to me that I consider her a sister that you have never seen before and will never see again. Yep. Uh, but you do like you get to to narrow the scope after, say, putting 80 people into a coma at Tokyo Disney. <laughs> yeah. What brings what brings Jedi down? Is it just the Naru stuff? Because I feel like it is. I feel like it's kind of the Naru stuff because it's like it would be like it would kind of check some boxes of like. Oh, like a cool, tragic bad guy who is redeemed by love. But also she's like 14. Yeah, he's got to be like 30. Try like 300 or whatever the hell, how long it is. Okay, but in rock years, he's got to be like 30. Either way, he's far too old. That's true. That's true. The the chocolate parfait arc, let's call it, uh, is problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I don't think it's super poorly done. For what it is, uh, because it does like it is very much like, you know, oh, he's a bad guy taking advantage of a young girl's crush. And then like at the end of the day, like they don't actually like they don't hook up. You know, he dies in the forest and turns. Yeah, into it's glitter. very it's very Lisa Frank gothic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to bring old uh, old Nephrite down. So we're going to put him under. Yeah, Jedi. I think that's fair. OK, Annie. So how do we feel about Zoicide? Mm, I don't know. I mean, tragic boy's love. It's very tragic. Also, uh, he definitely did that rad uh, fake Sailor Moon thing. Yeah, that's really good, actually. That's okay. So definitely above Nephrite. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't think it's above Jadeite, but ooh. He's pretty close with that fake Sailor Moon shit. Fake Sailor Moon is so good. Here's the thing. I find it hard to rank Zoicide and Malachite separately. Yeah, I feel they, like they're they're a pair. They're a package, they're a package group. They have such a good arc together of like I love that picture of them. Yeah. That Zoicide has. Where Zoicide <laughs> is like and Malachite is like half out of frame because <laughs> he doesn't want to be there. But I do love, I also love, give me a beautiful death and then flowers. (laughs) But then you also have like all those episodes with like evil Prince Endymion or whatever, right? Oh, we're going to have to rank him, aren't we? Yeah. Oh boy. 
Okay. All right. All right. So, so Zoocyte definitely goes between Jedite and Nephrite. Uh, currently in the number two spot. Right. Uh, Malachite. Malachite's such a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, he totally is. What's Malachite's other name? Sephiroth. <laughs> That's Annie. Very good. <laughs> no, it is Malachite. He's Kunzite in, in Japan. Okay. Okay. Which I, th- I think Malachite is a better name, honestly, because it has the, it has Mal in there. It's well, na- his name is Badrock. Not Badrock from Youngblood, though, because he would be great in a, uh, in, as a Sailor Moon villain. Well, sure, but like, I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that would necessarily fly with a Japanese speaking audience, but, but sure. That's, that's true. That's true. Uh, so Malachite's a real piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's, but I love that, like, I, he's probably the most, Jedi's conniving and just like goal oriented right. about murdering these girls. <laughs> Malachite is like manipulative of a guy who has a crush on him. Yeah. In a way that's like much more like weirdly realistic for a thousand year old space rock. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's super shitty. It's super BL. Um, and, um, I would hazard to say that it's very, very, uh, shoot, what era is that? What's the one where everybody wears big sleeves and cries a lot? I don't know, Annie. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that era. I'd like to be. Hayon. It's Hayon. Everybody wears big sleeves and cries in the Hayon era. It's very Hayon. So here's my question. Does that make him a better character than Zoicide? Oof. I mean, I feel like I feel like Zoicide is so much more is, is a more compelling and sympathetic character, though, right? Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes Zoicide a better character yeah. for sure. That Zoicide isn't just because when Zoicide's introduced, he's just sniping at Nephrite and and maybe Jedi. I believe he might show up that early, just being like, "Hey, yeah. y'all suck." By the way. So we get like, you know, once he takes center stage, we get like a, a whole other thing. And then the interactions with Malachite definitely give him a dimension that Jedi lacks. I would say that the thing about Malachite is that like he as Zoicite's like love interest as as that unattainable person who is a piece of shit to him. That is interesting, but also after Zoicite's gone, like Malachite is just sort of there to grumble at Prince Endymion. Like his character yeah, just true. goes that's slap true. until that point when like he gets told to bleach his roots, creep, and also uh, tells cats two little kittens that have lost their mittens. And that's like a high point. All right, so Kunzite is gonna gonna go below Zoicite. So now it's Prince Endymion. Dead last. Uh, that guy sucks. Dead last. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Look, because because there's yeah. nothing there. I mean, by design, yeah, there's nothing. It's there. It's just like you he know? is. He is another like. Let's make an evil contest to draw out Sailor Moon, and he brings nothing new to the table. Aside from aside from being a princess in another castle, he brings nothing new to the villain table. And that's where that's where he becomes Tuxedo Hot Pocket too, right? Is when she just pops him in the microwave for a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that brings us to we're wrapping up season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the OG, we got Queen Beryl, uh, who I love. I love Queen Beryl. All she does for forty episodes is swirl that energy, <laughs> but I love her. She's so iconic, though. Yeah, because she's she's the thing about Queen Beryl is she brings the history, right? Like for the for 40 episodes, all she does is sit around and swirl energy and occasionally put someone in eternal sleep. But she also destroyed the moon kingdom. Like she's she is the she is the 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 thing that you you know you're going to have to face that is way more powerful. Yeah, she's the big bad right? that has the most direct connection to Sailor Moon and to the Moon Kingdom. Yeah, which I, I felt like she always should have been for Sailor Moon to continue on the way it does. And it's not like I wanted Sailor Moon to end after 50 episodes, obviously. But for the show to continue on the way it does without Queen Beryl being a primary antagonist has always struck me as weird. Because she's you Everybody know, had to die to beat her. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Technically, she's the one who crucifies Ami. Yeah. Which is pretty boss. Like, I'm as much as as much as like the other seasons of Sailor Moon are great. As much as like Hotaru is incredible. Like, the the stakes are never quite as high as as when it feels like these scrappy underdog Sailor Scouts who have not even been Sailor Scouts for very long and have just been foiling like Ponzi schemes at home. Suddenly, they're against this world-ending woman who crucifies them. Yeah. Also great design, oh, like yeah. legitimately great design. I love her shoulder horns. I love her uh, dope dress. Her boomerang that tiara. Has, like, her boomerang tiara, the dress with like the dark moons oh, in her yeah. cleavage are very good. The 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 cuff mm. she's got on her arm. She's such a good design. I love Beryl. She's simple and elegant. It's a, it's a dress that she can wear in the day and then transition easily into the nightclub. I think Beryl goes above Jedi. I mean, the thing is that, though, like, the, the big bads are in such a different classification. Can you, is it fair to put them on the same tier, or are they, like, in their own tier? I, I, here's why I think it is. Okay. Uh, because cause Jedi clearly outranks Prince Demond and Rubius and Wiseman, who is also Jedi. Yeah. Uh, like, like, I would put at least three of the four kings over them, and I would put all of the Spectre Sisters over them as well. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I'm saying barrel above or below Jedi is the question. Do we like Jedi more? I, it's close for me. It's hard, right? Because Jedi's like, Jedi's the guy that you hang out with every day. Barrel is a looming threat. I like the shady business schemes. I feel like, I feel like it's gotta be, it's gotta be Jedi over barrel, right? All right. So queen barrel number two, but a close number two. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Uh, so now we get into another one that we have to technically rank, which is Queen Metallia, who I think goes dead last under Endymion. Oh, even under Endymion? Yes, I think Metallia goes under Endymion because Endymion shows up. Endymion does stuff. What is Queen Metallia? Who is Queen Metallia? Um, hmm. Shut up. I think that's the answer to that. Yeah, yeah. Queen Metallia is a is mentioned, and that's it. Yeah, that's something that that's something that Nako Takeuchi loves, right? Is like the the secret extra big bad that's even bigger and badder than the big bad, but shows up for like five seconds and we don't talk about yeah. it. The, there's such a weird hierarchy yeah. because you have like the monster of the week, <laughs> then the monster of the week's boss, like like uh, Tetis, right? Her boss is Jedi, right? But Jedi's boss is Queen Beryl. And then Queen Beryl also has a boss. <laughs> and then sometimes the first monster of the week also has minions. There's kind of a there's kind of a bureaucracy going on in there somewhere. That's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> so closing out season one, uh, Jedi, Beryl, Zosite, Kunzite, Nephrite, Endymion, and Queen Metallia. Did we miss anybody? I think that's everybody. All right. So now we get to season two. <sighs> now we get to R. And it's we got to start with Alan and Anne. Do we rank them separately or together? I feel like they're they're a unit because they don't act they don't really act alone aside from their like secret human identities. Yeah. I, I think there's something to say for them being slightly different characters. Like uh Anne has the the little arc of her having a crush on uh Memoru for some reason. Yeah, but uh, Ale has that thing about having the crush on Serena for some reason. Look. Serena is, is she has a lot going for her. Remember who has a car. <laughs> and a motorcycle. That's true. Alan Ann, aka Alan and Ann. Uh, I, I think, again, I know I did this in the run of the show. I know I'm remembering them being better than they are. Because I like them. I like having villains who are shitty teenagers. And these are the shittiest of shitty teens. I mean, that's the compelling thing about them, right? They are shitty teens who don't know what they want. They're just here to, like, play card games and play their shitty flutes and, and like, talk about environmentalism. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, not, they're not good because the shitty teen stuff rarely pays off. They're the ones that target babies that one episode, right? They did target babies. <laughs> and they did say our next target is babies. Excellent. Or maybe we said that. 
He was very close. Plus, Anne has that cool move where she goes around the tree and turns into her uh, elf quest form. Oh, yeah. That really good little bit of animation from the from the Ohanami episode. Yeah, that's just pretty dope. It's real good. Uh, okay, so they're definitely not dead last. I'd put them solidly somewhere in the upper middle. Okay, so around the upper middle, like, so we're talking about, like, Kunzite Zoocyte. I think they're probably... I think they're better. I think they're probably... You think they're better than Zoocyte? Well, I mean, if we're saying Zoocyte, like, Kunzite Malachite, mm. hmm. Well, wait. Mal- is Malachite above or below Zoocyte? Malachite's below, right? Yeah, it's, it's Zoocyte, Kunzite, and Nephrite, which is, I think, where we're going to slot them in. Yeah, Either, I think, I think- they, they fit in that tidy little, tidy little sandwich. <laughs> Uh, I think that it's either going to be between Zoocyte and Kunzite or between Kunzite and Nephrite. And I would be leaning towards better than Nephrite because they, they like the, the problem is that we talked about monster of the week uh, characters being filler. These guys are like 20 episodes of filler. They're literally just like they're a, an anime original just created to fill the gap. Between the end of season one and the actual start of R. Yeah, but they're also shitty teens. They are shitty teens. So you're saying you're saying above Kunzite. Yeah, I think they are better than <clears throat> than some creepo who manipulates uh, a man's honest feelings for him. Uh, all right. So Alan Ann between Zoocyte and Kunzite. Uh, okay. The Doom Tree. Where's the Doom Tree go? <laughs> what? How does the Doom Tree even count in this? Hey, if we count Queen Metallia, we gotta count the Doom Tree. Oh my god, below Metallia then? The Doom Tree is is does nothing. No, but the Doom Tree's there is the thing. The Doom Tree shows up. Metallia is gonna be dead fucking last on this list. I guess the Doom Tree does have a sad little story to tell. I would put the Doom Tree above Prince and Divian. Well, mm, uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would say that a tree outperforms Damien. Darian. Darian. Darian? Oh my god, Tuxedo Mask is Darian. <laughs> uh, the Makai tree, aka the Doom tree, is going between Nephrite and Prince and Divian. Okay. okay. Now we're back we're now we're back to that good stuff. Okay. Now we're here. Here comes the uh the the Black Moon clan. Uh they're they're great. They are great. They're pretty good. Uh so who's who starts us off? Um Kathy? Catface Mammers? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, Catface Mammers. Yeah. Uh, AKA Cohen, right. who's great. She's got a great character design. I love her. I love her so much. <laughs> She's got this weird clown leotard tutu and cat ears with her big hair, and she's pretty great. Uh, it is it is haute couture. And if you don't understand that, then that's on you. Yeah, probably. Uh, I think Catsy, she's so good. Cause she also has like the really good arc. Like she's the first one who uh who turns good, right? Like right. She, she's almost like, hey, can I just not be evil anymore? <laughs> yeah, and like all the sisters get that bonus point, right? Because like that's yes. a thing that they never do the rest of the show. Yeah, they're still around. I don't know why they don't keep showing up. I don't know. It's like they they get together with Naru and Umino. And just hang out. Just being like, yep. Monsters, <laughs> huh? And how. Kind of like they forgot about us. Yep. Series wrap. Series wrap. Okay. So I would put, I think, I think Katsy is a str- at least a strong number two. I think she outranks Queen Barrel. Yeah. No, I think so. So yeah, here we go. Uh, Katsy, aka Cohen goes uh, at number two between Jedi and uh, a barrel. Yeah. Uh, so second, we have... Sexy we Elsa. Have? Sexy Elsa. Right. Uh, who I had her name in my head, and now I can't remember <laughs> because you said Sexy Elsa. You're welcome. Uh, is that... Uh, is that Bertier? Yeah, that's, that that's, that's right. Bertie. Uh, again, I really like her. Uh, she's the one who, who gets involved in Chesselmania. Right. Uh, and I, she's not as good as Katsy, but I think she's yeah. good. She's very, very good. I, th- I think we kind of get, like, the Spectre Sisters in order are how the Spectre Sisters are going to 
uh, like wind up on this list. I think that's fair because it's a matter of like how much screen time they get, how much development they get, and just like how much we like them. Yes, because we're really strong. They start very strong. Like the the monsters who show up first, like kind of get uh, a little more screen time on their own Mm -hmm. than everybody else. Like, like, you know, Zoicide and Malachite, we almost never see them separately. Mm -hmm. They're always in the context of each other. So I think showing up early gives them an advantage. Although the counterpoint to that is uh, absolutely uh, the fucking tree kids who are only around forever. It feels like, you know, when you, when you were, when you were telling me about like, which ones we would be doing when, when you emailed me about this, I was like the tree kids and I legit completely forgot Ale and Anne existed. And I was like, tree kids, is that like, I guess the quartet, uh, he's not there yet, but like, I guess they kind of look like they hang out in trees. I, I had completely forgotten about them. Here's my question. Are all the Spectre sisters going to outrank Alan and Anne? They have I to. I mm, I don't know. Maybe pets. Maybe pets doesn't. Yeah, I feel like when you get down to like the least amount of screen time for the sisters, that's when you get below. Ale- <clears throat> that's when you get below Ale and Anne. Let's say Bertier Bertier goes between Barrel and Zoicide, or between Zoicide and Alan and Anne. Hmm. Hmm. Between Barrel and Zoicide, I think, or. Hmm. I'm not sure. Where, where would you put them? Uh, I think I think that's I think that's good. I think between Barrel and Zoicide is the place to to put Bird here. So Sexy Elsa uh, goes between Cream Barrel and Fake Sailor Moon. Right. I guess we got I guess we got pets, right? Uh, there's two Spectre sisters, and I I remember one of them is orange, and I'm pulling a complete blank on the other one. Pets is the one who has eye boobs. Calaveras is the one. Who's in the the orange and red? So we get Calaveras then pets. No, wait, I, I'm just pulling up the video game. <clears throat> oh, that one. Yeah, she did, is. A, did eye boobs not ring a bell? I honestly did not. But you well, know, she's got eye boobs. Yep. So let's let's do Calaveras first. Okay. So uh, Calaveras is a bunch of nothing. Both of these. I cannot are, remember a single thing about her. Pretty much both of these are non-entities to me. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, let's see. Calaveras is the eldest of the Spectre sisters. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, she's got a good costume, but I don't think it's as good as Pets is. I think I think Pets is going to have the edge because Pets has really good hair. She does have really good hair. But yeah, I cannot remember. Honestly, I cannot remember a single thing about her. Yeah. There you go. So I say pets than Calaveras. Sure. Where do we put people we can't remember anything about? <laughs> I mean, down at the bottom, right? Yeah, it's kind of got to go under Nephrite and above the the Doom Tree, right? Yeah. Okay. So pets and Calaveras in order. Uh, all right. So now, now's the time. Scroll back up on the list you're making along with us. Because it's time for Esmeralda. Uh, number one. Really? You would put her at number one? I like her more than Jadeite. Don't get me wrong. I love her. You know this. I do. Uh, <laughs> Esmeralda's great. She has a fan. She hates everyone. I'm very partial to, to anyone that goes, oh, ho, 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 and says, des I'm very partial to, like, asshole characters that do those, like, fancy lady things. Annie, you just did a real slow take on Oh Ho 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 Ho, and I really think you should commit to it. Oh, God, can I even... Oh! <laughs> How's that? <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. I-, I want you to know that I had my hand up <laughs> where it needed to be. Uh, here's what puts Esmeralda over the top. I think uh, she's in the cake buffet episode yeah. and also eats a bunch of cake. Yep. And also she like yeah. tries to hit on tuxedo mask and he's like, Ooh, he, he, he like slides out of frame. Yeah. Slides they, out of a DM. Like they just, they slide his frame out of the shot. Yeah. It's wonderful. Uh, she also gets peed on at one point. 
Which is bad. And like, but you know, and she also has that thing that makes Zoicide interesting, which is the tragic love angle. Uh, yeah, because she's in love with Prince Demand, who does not give a shit. Yeah, because he's a creepy asshole. Uh, so yeah, Esmeralda goes like number one. Yeah, I think yeah, she's she's also the only villain that we've actually made a T-shirt about here on Sailor Business. Also, also, and this gets special Annie Creighton points. She turns into a dragon. Yeah, I forgot she turned into a dragon. Yeah. Okay, so who comes after Esmeralda? Rubius? Ugh. I think so. Because I don't think we get anything with, like, Prince Demand or anything until after Rubius is dead. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, full name, Crimson Rubius. Uh, sucks. Like, I, he, he's, he's... Here's the thing. He's a character that is done in such a way that he is made to hate and i do hate him so he elicits the response he's supposed to get but also fuck him yeah yeah exactly exactly which i think means he goes around nephrite because he gets a reaction which i think puts him over pets and calaveras yeah nephrite nephrite is nephrite doesn't get the reaction i think we're supposed to give no i think they go for the wrong reaction out of nephrite yeah. Uh, we're supposed to be happy that he turns into glitter instead of being happy that he dies. Right. So Rubius, I think Rubius goes above Nephrite under Kinzite. I think that's acceptable. Uh, so, oh, now we got, now we got Saphir. <clears throat> uh, who, you know, he's, he he's there. I mean, he's part of the clan. Yeah, but like. I don't think he even has an episode where he's an antagonist. He just kind of sits around and it's like, hey, guys, how about we not? And they're like, shut up. I'm going to listen to this weird dude with a ball. Oh, we're going to get to that weird dude with a ball in a second. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, does, does Saphir count? I feel like we got to put him. We put we put Metalia and, and Endymion on this list. I mean, with the caveat that he doesn't really do anything villainous, sure. And therefore, by, like, not being a villain, he doesn't rank very high on the villain chart. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, I think between Endymion and Metalia. Yeah. Because Endymion, again, like, at least has the hook of being like, hey, Tuxedo Mask is evil now. And when he comes back, he's going to be very culturally appropriate. (laughs) That is a threat. That is a that is a looming threat. All right, so let's knock out demand real quick. Sucks. Hate him. <laughs> Don't care. Again, supposed to be hateable, but also way too hateable. Yeah. Dresses up like, a fifteen-year-old girl in a sexy dress. I like de- demand is just like one of those bad guys who's the reason he's hateable is because he's so like cold. To everybody, like Rubius, at least when he interacts with with the Spectre Sisters, is like those fools. You know, like when he goes like three feet away and starts talking out loud about how stupid they are. Yeah. Demand is just like, mm, right, cool. Oh, you're in love with me? Yeah, sucks for you, I guess. <laughs> like it's it's that style of like, oh, he's so emotionless. Unlike our heroes who are made of emotions. It's the fact that he is evil and he wants to marry a uh, Sailor Moon, but older. Yeah. Yeah, so... I do not care for that. I think he goes below Endymion above Saphir. Because Saphir barely even counts as a villain. Yeah. Or maybe between Calaveras and the Makai tree? Ooh. I don't think he's got as good a hook as Endymion. Mm. No, because he's just sort of there to be another bad guy and, like, that his brother is like, hey, but, like, but like no, though. But, like, this is this is a bad idea. And he's like, fuck you. Yeah, here's the problem with with R. Here's one of many problems with R. There's like five bad guys who are supposed to be like the bad guy in charge. Yeah. Like Rubius, Demand, Wise Man, Death Phantom, Wicked Lady. Like they're all like every time you think like it's like an onion of of ill intentions. All right, so that brings us to uh, Wise Man, a.k.a. Jedi, uh, my personal fan theory. Uh, His name is actually Death Phantom, which is pretty fucking rad. Right. 
like by the time wise man like gets to the point of actually being something he's pretty fucking cool yeah but the problem is that he spends so much time just hanging out in the background and sometimes you even forget he's around so it's not like he's always a looming threat so he he's like a real slow burn he is a real sober. And I think that's what's going to put him up around like Queen Barrel. Like maybe not as high as Queen Barrel, maybe not as high as as uh like Bertier or Zoocyte. Yeah. But I think he goes like he pulls off a slow burn really well cuz you true. you always wonder why Queen Barrel isn't going out there and fighting, mm-hmm. right? Queen Barrel's super powerful. She fucked up the Silver Millennium. Uh there's no need for her to send a fucking barbershop monster <laughs> to go do her bidding. <laughs> She could just go out there and murder these girls. Right. But Wise Man uh, is, clearly is just like manipulating events around him. Yeah. He's he's like putting pieces in place in a way that's very obvious to us and not obvious to the people he's manipulating, which, which I, is, I appreciate. Yeah, no, that's that's a good that's a good point of tension for the audience. It's 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 good. It's suspenseful. Uh also, his name is Death Phantom. Which is the shit. I'm pretty sure I, like, hung out on message boards with people named Death Phantom when I was a teenager. Oh, I'm pretty sure I saw Death Phantom 666 in Overwatch just the other day. (laughs) He was a Reaper main. I don't think Wise Man beats Queen Barrel. Just for pure, like, history. Yeah. I think he's a good attempt at recreating Queen Barrel because he's got the future. Yeah. But I don't think he, I don't think he beats her. I do think he goes above uh, Sexy Elsa. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. All right, so Wise Man, Death Phantom between Beryl and Bertier. Now, this this might be this might be what gets a, what knocks out Esmeralda from the top spot. Wicked Lady. Oh, Wicked Lady's really, really good. Wicked Lady's fucking rad. You know what I love about Wicked Lady? She is absolutely written as like a little girl still pretending to be an adult because like the whole trick it was to make her turn evil was like, hey, your parents like, like didn't celebrate your birthday on your birthday that one time. And like one time you tripped, but they didn't like immediately pick you up and like, they don't love you. And she's like, you're right. They don't. And she's like, I mean, we we had a really good conversation with Cat Cool about Wicked Lady back when we did that episode, mm-hmm. uh, and the idea of Wicked Lady like being a kid's idea of what a Wicked Lady would be. Yeah, and and like just toe to tip, that's what she is. Yeah, she's a great design. I love the I love the costume. Oh yeah, I love the design. I love the parasol. The parasol so fucking cool. I wish we had more of her because when I remember Wicked Lady, I feel like she was more of like a recurring villain. Like as long as like Evil and Demian was. So like I, that that has to speak to the strength of the character, right? You remember her being around more because she just makes such an impact. Yeah, and, and I love that like. I love that we give Chibiusa a Hulk. Yeah. Like, I know that that's a big thing in the the live action show that, like, Sailor Moon will sometimes transform into Princess Sailor Moon, who, like, has the Avatar state and no emotions. <laughs> um, I wish that was more of a thing with Wicked Lady, or with Chibiusa, where Chibiusa was like, hey, by the way, you know that I could potentially go evil and murder all of you. Like, this at any up. time. Any time. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, they, they prevent that future and the Chibiusa we get in S is not the Chibiusa we have in R. So yep. that's my theory. Anyway. Uh, yeah. does Wicked? I think Wicked Lady beats Esmeralda. I think Wicked Lady is too fucking cool. I think in terms of pure villainy. Yeah. No, she is, in, she is a great, great villain. Esmeralda is like my favorite recurring villain, but like Wicked Lady? Shit. Yeah, Wicked Lady's great. I love the fucking parasol, man. And the and the little weird ribbon scarf she has. Oh, uh, top-notch design. And just like the 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 like the see-through like flowery blouse. Like that's so of its time and I love it. So, uh that brings us to S. And now uh it's time it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Spectre Sisters versus Witches 5. <laughs> Uh, but wait, wait, before we even get to Witches 5, there's a, uh, there's What's-Her-Face, right? Kale Knight. Yeah. yeah. Who is she? Oh, I guess she's not one of the Witches 5. I guess she's just the, the 
the TA. She's, she's Professor Tom is TA. Yeah, she's just uh, sort of like the intermediate. She's the intermediary bad guy before we get this Witches 5 stuff started. I like Kaolinite a lot. Uh, but she does not dress in her fucking Naoko Takeuchi ass Dracula costume nearly as much as she should. She just like, I, I think she has a lot of things going for her, but I think at the end of the day, she just ends up being kind of like, she hits the checkboxes of Sailor Moon recurring villain without really bringing a whole lot that's unique to the table and having an arc that's not really wrapped up in any like interesting way in the anime. She is the worst Esmeralda. Yes. She, she's good. I don't I don't dislike her. I like her, but she's the worst Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. And then I, I also like that she comes back, though, because she's the only villain to really come back after death. But like in this in this weird half-life kind of way, right? Yeah. Which is creepy. Yeah. To be fair. It's, it's creepy. super creepy. There's so many creepy things going on in Hotaru's house, and that's a big one. Yeah, there's like a dead lady walking around. And like nobody talks about it. Well, to, she also tears out Chibiusa's pure heart. She's also the one who does that. Yeah, I, I mean, so. yeah, well. But no, I don't think she's as fun as Esmeralda, or honestly as fun as Jedite. And that's what I mean. She doesn't have like a good hook. She brings. She doesn't bring anything super unique to the table. I don't think she's better than Katzi. She's obviously not better than Beryl or Wiseman. I think the question is like, is she better than than Birdie and Zoicide? I don't think she is better than Zoicide. Uh, is she better than Alan and Anne? Maybe, but she doesn't have the personality of Alan and Anne because Alan yeah. and Anne do have personalities, and that's what really takes them so far for being like complete filler characters. Is there is the force of their personality below Kunzite above Rubius? Yeah, that 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 feels good. Yeah. So Kaelinite goes in there. Now we get to the witches, the actual witches five. Okay. I should have said we're getting into the Deathbusters because that's their actual name as a unit. Right. Uh, let's talk about you, Deal. Buckle up. She's great. I love her. She has her little car. She's got a little car. Her, her, uh, her, her Toyota. She's got a shtick. She sticks to it. She has a costume that's weird enough. She is defeated in a church. Oh, yeah. Her last episode's dope as shit. Yeah. Also, she ha- she's the one who has, like, the gun that shoots your heart out, right? I think that's, so. That's the Udeal invention. Yeah. Yeah. She's fucking rad. <laughs> she has a flamethrower, a Toyota, a fucking gun that shoots your heart out. And she and dies because Mehmet cuts the brakes. <laughs> Uh, and she's and she's old. Yeah, she's so old. She might be. She might be twenty. <laughs> Truly ancient. She's so good. She's, she's upper so tier. So good. She's absolutely upper tier. She might be, and I'm going to throw this out there because I remember watching R and like being so ready for Esmeralda to show up, and then Esmeralda's actually there for like two episodes. <laughs> Eugeal might be the better Esmeralda. Ooh, really? I think she's really good. She's got a fucking gun that shoots your heart out. I would put her I would put her right below Esmeralda, personally. Because I, I love Esmeralda a lot. Hey, what is what does Esmeralda drive, though? Uh her dragon self. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody drives to fight Sailor Moon. We don't know how anyone gets around in this fucking show, but we know that we know that Eugeal had to find parking. <laughs> Except she didn't, because usually she just backs it through a building. Oh, I don't know. Eugeal is pretty fucking good. I'd still put her. I I I I agree. I love her a lot. I'd still put Esmeralda above her because Esmeralda perpetrates like some of the shady business stuff. Okay. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let you. You are the guest. <laughs> Therefore, I'm going to let you make the call. Uh, Udeal goes at the number three spot, knocking Jedi down another peg. Yes. Uh, now, now we get to someone who I think is going to to be equally difficult to rank, Mimet, who is also great. 
I love so many things about Mehmet personally. I don't like how long Mehmet is around. I think Mehmet is genuinely great. Because here's the thing. Uh, Zoosite hated Jedi, right? Like Zoosite hated Jedi and Nephrite. And they were all like real happy when the Queen Barrel like put him into eternal sleep. Yeah. Zoosite didn't cut the fucking brakes. Yeah. Like he did not have that in him. Mimet starts off. We are introduced to Mimet going, hey, you're old and you suck. Uh, and I'm going to put snails on your shit and then <laughs> murder you in like a Mehmet murders Eugeal in a way you could actually murder someone in real life. Yeah, it's not that like never it's, fucking happens. On this it's show. not like Eugeal like disappears. Mehmet cuts the break and she careens off a cliff. And I love that Eugeal is actually extremely bad at her job. Yeah, because it's not like she's not like she's mad at Eugeal. And we don't really know why, except for that, like, the professor seems to like Eugeal best. Uh, but, like, it's not like Mehmet is really gunning for that job that she's actually terrible at. I also really have a soft spot for villains who are just terrible at their actual jobs. Because <laughs> all she wants to do is, like, fucking go on the internet and look at cute boys all day. And I then mean- murder them. And then she also wants to murder them. And one thing that gets Mamet really high up is that she does have that scene where she, with like the stuff that she almost throws away, the sign that she crams up and does that weird little rising up okay fingers with that like technician. So good. So good. Uh, also, she uh, she has her her Audrey Hepburn costume. Yeah, that which I, she has she has her civilian gear, which is as bonkers as her supervillain gear. Yeah, it is. It is nineteen thirties movie starlet trying to go incognito. Yeah, the huge glasses, and again, she's another villain who technically doesn't die. How does Mamet go out again? She gets trapped in TV. She gets, yeah, she gets, she gets put in the fucking grid. Right. Uh, Mehmet can theoretically just exist on television forever. Which is really a, a pretty good end for her. Yeah. No, she's, now she's a star. She gets to exist with all of the boys on TV that she likes. Oh, it's very good. I love Mehmet. Mehmet versus Eugeal is a tough one for me. Yeah. I just, I wish Mehmet was around for like five episodes less or like three episodes less or something, because I feel like the rest of the witches five are just like. Yeah, like the, like Eugeal and Mehmet absolutely are the ones they want to have fun with. Yeah. Like it's the ones they want to keep around. So like, it's, it's like Villery and Tellu and Cyprian and Pitlal, like they, they, like they barely matter. Oh no, they know? just, but, they just like rattle them out. Like go, go, go. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but Mehmet, like great supervillain design, like great character design, great character, like in general. Um, yeah. She puts up the fucking sign, the witch's four sign. Oh, it's so good. Oh, she's yeah. so good. The fact that like the fact that the new signs just keep getting slapped up with tape is maybe the best part about the witch's five. Is she better than Esmeralda? Oof. Oof. Is it, well, I, I guess we start here. Is she better than Udeal? Oof. I know the general consensus is that she is better than Udeal, but I kind of like Udeal better. I think Udeal edges that out for me, but that's... They're so close. Yeah. They're so close. Because you don't get one without the other. Yeah. like And, and they make each other better. They like, really the fact do. that Udeal is hated by her co-workers is as good as Mehmet hating this other person that she just worked with and hates for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like, we've talked about... We've talked about... um. Had the first season is is like the office, but this is like a real, like this is like the like a real dark take on the office. Yeah, this is Remember like the where uh, where Jim cut Dwight's breaks. This is the office. <laughs> this is the office crossed with like Japanese high school bullying. Yeah, it really like in a very literal way. Yeah. So so above or below you do. Oof. 
I don't know. I would still say Udil slightly edges her out. She's got that car. All right. So well, I'm going to put her right below then. She's going to she's going to be above Jedi. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mehmet is so fucking good. Uh, Villoy. Who cares? No, I, <laughs> She's I, fine. I could not tell you anything about the other Spectre sisters, except that there's a red and blue one and they last like an episode. Yeah, here's the problem. All the others are monsters of the week. Yeah. Like they are they are only technically like, you know, boss characters. They like, get absolutely like, no screen time. They're just there to be like Monster of the Week is now like mini boss. So we're upping the so we're upping the stakes here because we're getting close to the end. Uh Villoy is the sexy disco ball. I have absolutely no memory of this. Uh it's she's a sexy disco ball. We had some debate over whether that was a great design or a bad one on the show. Uh, I don't remember anything about Tellu, by the way. Uh, so we're in the same boat on that one. I feel more comfortable ranking the Doom Tree than ranking the last of the Witches Five, the last three Witches Five. Yeah, like all three of them are just like nothing. They are just they're just not there. Yeah, let's let, let's just slide them in, in all three of them somewhere. Uh, a blow demand. Yeah, or- I think that's how it's. Or well, Safir below Safir. Yeah, but they're not bad monsters of the week. No, but Safir has a personality. Yeah, I guess that's true. So let's put Vilui, Telu, and Cyprian and Pitlull, like right here at the end, right above Queen Metalia. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, Cyprian and Pitlull and Alan and Anne, the only, uh, the only two spots we have. Uh, all right, so... That brings us around to the creep of creeps, Professor Soichi Tomoe. The fact that nobody can tell that something is up with this dude who has, like, the most clamp-ass design I've ever seen, whether he is a bad guy or in his civilian disguise with his white hair and his frickin' evil glasses, uh-huh. I, I hate him. Do you do you hate him that much? I th- I think he's I think he's an interesting villain cuz he's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, like I love it when he's just mixing up weird shit in a lab and like telling himself stupid jokes and he has that weird like cartoon like western cartoon smile. Yeah. He's so weird. And and I like that he doesn't like he's clearly okay with murder, right? <laughs> like he's yeah. clearly fine with it. And he's clearly like, yeah, go ahead and just build this amphitheater under my house that I'll fill with creepy dolls and a smoke machine and put my daughter in it. Yeah. Like, he's a fucking weirdo, but he also doesn't seem, like, motivated by evil in the way that everyone else is. Like, like even Prince Demand is like, yeah, I want to murder everybody on Earth. And Queen Beryl's like, like, we don't know what Queen Beryl wants other than just killing people. <laughs> Away is just like... Yeah, I want to make a sexy shoe. <laughs> and then, he's, like, more like a, he's more like a mad science angle, right? Like, do yeah. not be out of place in the Folio's Girl Genius comic. His motivation is difficult to get a handle on in a way that I actually like. I guess it is kind of alien, right? Because he is literally like some kind of alien. Well, it it feels like there's you know there's obviously you know the germatoid is inside him as we find out right, but he's very human. <laughs> like it's the it's like he has Tomoe has the intelligence that he had as a scientist, but everything else about him is reduced to like the basest and most inconsequential desires. He's always eating junk food. He's like weirdly horny. <laughs> Uh, he's playing uh, Twister with his grad students. Yeah. But like in a way that's so weird that it's barely even sexual. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just a weirdo. He promotes a he promotes a workspace where there is a lot of laughter, a lot of fun. He just he he just he he has a very nice attitude. He just wants to laugh. I mean, he does also promote a workspace where people are comfortable murdering each other. Yes, also that, but laughing. Uh, I think Tomoe goes certainly above Alan and Anne. Yeah. Just by virtue of being fucking bonkers. Yeah, he is memorable as hell. Better or worse than Zoocyte? I I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like better. Better or worse? I, I think he's better than, if he's better than Zoicide, he's better than Birdie. I don't think he's yeah. as good as Wise Man. No. Because, it, like, here's where Tomoe falls apart at the end. Like, Tomoe is really good and entertaining and interesting and weird for most of his arc, and then just falls apart at the end. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Professor Tomoe is going to go right under Wise Man and right above uh, Birdie. I think I'm I think I'm comfortable with that. All right. So uh, now we've got two more that are kind of weird for us to rank. We've got Mistress Nine and we've got Pharaoh 90. Uh, Pharaoh 90 is a non-entity. Yeah, I have. I can never remember what the hell Pharaoh 90 is supposed to be. But Mistress Nine. Yeah. Mistress Nine is is. You know, I, I referred to her as Wicked Lady 2. This time it's personal. Yeah. Uh, but Wicked Lady she's girlfriend. not as personal. <laughs> like, Wicked Lady is much more personally motivated. Uh, Mistress Nine is... Wicked Lady's Mistress girlfriend. Mistress Nine's weird. She is Wicked Lady's girlfriend. <laughs> like, yes. I don't know why they never talk about that. For real. You'd think they would why bond does... over that. When... And this is this is why my theory is that the Chibi Yusuke who comes back in S is not the Chibi Yusuke who comes back in R because the timeline has changed. Because if they were the same, then Chibi Yusuke would absolutely like you know run up to to Mistress Nine and be like, "Hey, you know you don't have to do this, Hotaru. I you know I once thought I could be a wicked lady, but I'm not." You know, like, there would have been some acknowledgement that it is the same thing. It would have been pretty great, yeah. Uh, but we don't we don't get that. So I, I don't think, like, Mistress Nine, I don't think is anywhere near as good as Wicked Lady. No, I don't, no. I, I, I think she's in the upper tier, but I don't think she could ever beat out Wicked Lady. Do you think she's as good as Tomoe? Because here's the thing. We don't have another Tomoe to compare her against. We do have another Mistress Nine in Wicked Lady, who is vastly superior. I feel like Tomoe is a recurring thing, but Wicked Lady is far more... Uh, sorry, but uh, but Mistress Nine, she's kind of more of like a, a barrel, right? Or like a wise man, and that she is she is an inscrutable threat throughout like so much of it. Like every time we do that like creepy, like deep breathing Hotaru in the in like the uh the broom full of toys thing like that's her and it's creepy as hell that's true that's true like hotaru before she actually turns into like grown-up mistress nine is pretty creepy i love hotaru i love her arc i love this whole thing that she has going on i love her cute little girlfriend everyone does and like the whole sailor saturn thing is just very good yeah yeah mistress i mean She's pretty good. I like Tomoe more. Yeah. I feel I like- mean, I like Hotaru. Like, I like all like the, the package of Hotaru. Yeah, there's a lot right? of parts about Hotaru and all of the things that are connected to Hotaru that are very good. But Mistress Nine by herself is, I love the ideas about her more than I like her as a villain. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's what, I think she goes right below Professor Tomoe, though. I agree. So... We'll drop Mistress Nine right here. And then Pharaoh 90. Whatever. I mean, we see Pharaoh 90. So I guess that's better than Metallia? Yeah, I guess it's better than Metallia. I mean, Pharaoh 90, like, like, is, like, we see him. He's scary. You know, he's a weird giant eyeball monster. But I feel like the important things about that climax of of that whole series are... Like, the climactic moments are Mistress Nine and then Sailor Moon saving Sailor Saturn. In, he's incidental to the larger plot. Yeah. In a way that, like, he, you, know, you know what he is? He's a bomb. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, we, we got to stop this bomb from going off. That's all. And it's scary and it's cool. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, I mean, he's not a Death Star. And they, the Death Star is not a character. And they speak about it in the same way, like, like Uranus and Neptune speak about that the same way. And like, we just have to stop this thing from happening. I think that, I think the cool design and the, like, the very clear eminent threat probably puts him above the, uh, the latter witches. Yes, I agree. But probably not as high as Saphir, who has a much more defined personality. Yeah, you know, like, Death Star is not a character. So Pharaoh 90 goes on the list there. Uh, do we rank Fiore? 
who? Uh, the R movie, The Promise of the Rose. Uh, if you want to, I have not watched it. Oh, you should, Annie. It's fucking great. <laughs> That's what I hear. Uh, it's it's a very good, uh, very very good Sailor Moon movie. No, I have not seen that one. Um, but if you if you want to rank them, I will I will trust your judgment on that. Uh, he's good, but not great. Mm-hmm. And he's mostly a means to an end. So I'm going to put him uh, very comparable to Kale and I, honestly. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to put him right above, uh, right above Kale Lee. Uh, cause he's KRE. Cause he, he's very good. So here's our full list. You ready? Yeah. Uh, bringing up the, the rear dead fucking <laughs> last, uh, the, the plot point, uh, that I think has one line in the series, uh, Queen Metallia. Yep. Uh, then we get to Cyprian and Pitlul, uh, who are an interesting monster of the week, at least. Uh, Telu and Velui, Pharaoh 90, Saphir, Demand, Prince Endymion, when he was bad. Uh, the Makai tree itself, the Doom tree. Uh, then we get to Calaveras, Pets, Nephrite, Rubius, Kaolinite. Then we've got uh, Fiore, Kunzite, Alananan, Zoocyte, and Bertier. Here's our top 10. Ready? Okay. Ironically, number 10, number 10 Mistress Nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just missed it. Uh, number nine, Professor Tomoe, the, the, the creep that walks like a man. Uh, number eight, Wise Man, a.k.a. Death Phantom. He's pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, the, the original Queen Beryl, a destroyer of the Silver Millennium. Respectable. Number six, Catsy. Uh, a very strong showing for Cohen. She's got a lot going on for her. Number five, our boy Jedi. Hell yeah. Respectable showing. Uh, number four, Mimet. Number three, Udil. Number two, Esmeralda. Number one, I, we, like, you can argue the rest of the list. I don't think you can argue this one. Number one is Wicked Lady. Absolutely. That was a fun list. So we've got this full list of uh, baddies. Did we really rank Rubius that high? Did he really end up being like that? Okay. He he's like dead center of the list. We've got twenty nine characters on the list. He is he's number seventeen. So he's he's pretty pretty close to the the middle of the list. I guess him being meh is 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 an acceptable punishment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think our top, our top five being Jedi, Mehmet, Udiel, Esmeralda, and Wicked Lady is, is pretty solid. I think that's very acceptable. Yeah. So, uh, thank you all for listening. This has been a, uh, a Sailor Business chibi episode. Annie, thank you for, uh, for coming on on short notice. Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, do you want to tell everyone where they can find <laughs> you online? Yeah. I'm trying to make this shorter because I realize I have a lot of things now. Um, you can find me personally on Twitter and Tumblr at uh, Anniezard. That's A-N-N-I-E-Z-A-R-D. Uh, you can also find the podcasts and the video series that I do, that being uh, the Gem Jam, which talks about uh, Gem of the Holograms. I Will Fight You, which has many episodes about different things, but you will probably like them, like Jupiter Ascending. I love our Jupiter Ascending episode. It's very uh, fun. And- and date me, damn it, where we play Otome games. Uh, right now, we are in the middle of Seduce Me the Otome. If you have ever heard of this infamous one, it's hilarious. Uh, and you can find information on all of those at uh, crookedrussiancam.tumblr.com. All right. You can find me uh, at the-isb.com. That'll have links to everything that you need to know. Uh, hey, uh, I got a new, I got a new uh, podcast, everybody. Uh, it's me and my pal Benito reading the Bible. Uh, like... Not in order, but we're going to read the whole thing and talk about it. It's going to be very fun. Uh, it's it's I, it's sailor business, but for the Bible. It's Bible business, basically. Uh, as, as someone who has listened to the first episode, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I am very glad to hear you say that, Annie. Uh, Jordan, who is my usual co-host, you can find him on Twitter as Crackshot with a zero for an O. Uh, Jake Mason, who usually edits the show, is JJ underscore Mason. I am editing this, so if there are problems, don't yell at Jake. Uh, it's the second podcast I've ever edited. So uh, if you hear me choking on Gatorade because I'm bad at drinking things, that's why. 
Uh, you can find us at uh, Sailor Business on Twitter, and you can email the show at sailorbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. If you uh, if you want to send us your pick for a favorite villain, go right ahead. Uh, but Wicked Lady is the best. <laughs> just just know that before you start writing. Yeah, that's uh, that's. There, there's just not any other way around that. Thanks, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time.